0: we doing everybody tim from ski rex media once again as you can see in the bottom left hand of your screen um yes tim from ski rex media welcoming you to another episode of the ski rex media podcast i thank you for joining me and really do appreciate it whether you're watching me on video or if you're not watching me on video and using one of the many um audio only platforms to listen to the ski rex media podcast i appreciate that as well Thank you. Thank you for joining me um, today today we have someone who's been around the industry a journalist a professional journalist a fairly well-known uh, professional journalist. Um, today on the program we have Mike Rogie and we talk about Mountain Gazette which you can see over here I have Mountain Gazette 41 um, on my wall thank you to Tech Rob for sending that piece of wall art to me it would have been up for the prior episodes but I was waiting on a frame to come in the mail because I can't seem to get mail very quickly and easily here. The business address works great. The home address does not. And Ski-Rex Media HQ is in my home. So a little fourth wall breaking behind the scenes info for you there. In any case, got it up just in time to talk to Mike about um, Mountain Gazette, Verb Cabin, some of the films he's worked on, the season. We even talk indoor skiing in this one. So it's a really cool, um, excuse me, a really cool interview. I really enjoyed it. Mike seemed to really enjoy it too i think you're gonna like this one before um i start that 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 part of the episode though please do not forget to subscribe and follow the ski follow ski Rex media podcast if you are watching the youtube version hit the subscribe button um it's right below here you know how it works um hit that so i know you're watching and you can always see when these episodes come out um if you are on the audio only versions Please, uh, follow or subscribe. You know, each one uses a little bit different terminology. So figure out which one is for you and then subscribe. So you always know I really would appreciate it. I thank you. It's a big help. Um, also skirexmedia.com, skirexmediamertshop.com, skirexmedia on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at skirexmedia on all of them. If you wouldn't mind following me there, um, two, you can also see there when the podcast comes out, I make sure it's posted. And other things, too. We're going to get back into writing a little bit. Um, talking to someone who writes, Mike Rogie, journalist. I kind of want to get back into it as well. So I'm going to start writing, maybe not the news stories, but blog pieces and things of the like. Maybe even submit one of my own to Mountain Gazette. How would that be? Maybe we can get published there, too. Who knows? But anyway, follow SkiRex Media. I do appreciate it. Check everything out. And on SkiRexMedia.com is links to everything the social media, the merch shop. Patreon, everything. Right? Right. Thank you for that. And thank you for listening to my shameless plug here. And now, without further ado, let's uh, get Mike Rogie, the, the Mike Rogie segment started. I hope you enjoy the episode, the whole interview. I l- dug it, I thought it was great. Um, enjoy, and I'll see you at the end of it. Enjoy. Okay. Joining us today on the Ski Rex Media Podcast, the names just keep getting bigger and bigger. Every week, I seem to get someone who's a little bit more famous, and I'm trying to push the envelope, believe me. Today, we have Mike rogie who you may or may not know does all kinds of things and has been doing all kinds of things. Sir, how are you today? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks for having me. I absolutely, dude. Thank you for doing this, man. Like I said, you're the upper echelon of faces. Um But, in case I'm wrong, which does happen from time to time, who are you and what do you do? Like, I know, but some people might not know. So, go ahead and throw down your resume if you want.
1: Sure. Uh, my name is <laughs> Mike Rogie. I'm the editor uh, and owner of Mountain Gazette, which is a twice per year high quality coffee table print magazine um, focusing on outdoor culture. Um, I've run a, an outdoor media company called Verb Cabin for almost 10 years. We produce short documentary films, some branded content, um, all based in truth and storytelling and journalism um we don't really do any flashy marketing style stuff we just (laughs) kind of show people uh what the world really looks like and then uh before that i worked at a couple ski magazines i was at the ski journal for a bit i was at the powder magazine for a bit rest in peace powder magazine Uh, i guess it's not totally dead yet it's on life support which is cool yes um you know there's still hope but um yeah and i'm from uh from upstate New York, born and raised awesome. in the Adirondacks.
0: Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. So love the Adirondacks. East
1: Coast is, East Coast is in my blood. And, and currently I'm in uh, Palm Springs, California, which is a pretty unlikely place to find a, a ski guy like me uh, <laughs> because we are, we are voluntarily evacuated. We have a thing out west called the air quality index. I mean, it's everywhere, but we pay a lot yeah. of attention to it like a forecast and uh, our AQI. Anything under a hundred is relatively healthy, and our AQI has been in the four, five hundred, six hundred in, in North Lake Tahoe because of the Caldor fire. Yeah, so we have we have four or five seasons, I guess, in Tahoe now. Fires, fire season, kind of taking over summer. So, Damn. Yeah,
0: yeah, it seems to be getting more and more brutal every year. So it's good that you're out of the area. You know, I don't know. That's one of those natural disasters I've never dealt with. You know, blizzards earthquakes, hurricanes, whatever. I've done that. Wildfires I don't know anything about. Yeah, Tim, you know, it's funny. My wife's from uh, New York as well. Mm. We've just been talking a lot
1: about how wind, you know, waves, uh, ice, snow, sleet, um, you name it, snow, like we we can handle that. You can live amongst those things like pretty well. You can like prepare yourself, you can prepare your home for that. Not many civilizations, advanced civilizations at least, that have, like, figured out how to coexist uh, in a community with fire and smoke.
0: Sure. Absolutely,
1: yeah. It's like living on the sun. It is, uh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Someone just told me yesterday in Tahoe it's like living with heavenly and hell. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I found that to be a, a pretty good pun.
0: Yeah, that, hey, good reference. So before we get into the business end of things i do have mountain gazette verb cabin things i'd like to talk about but since we're talking about you being in the west now being from the east do you have a preference or did was it business or i mean you don't have to get too personal but what, where do why go west if you're an east coast guy and this i have a follow-up to this but this this is kind sure. of sets it up
1: well yeah i was hosting a I was hosting a radio show in Burlington, Vermont, when I was working for Meathead Films and Ski to sure. East, and mm-hmm. um, Derek Taylor, uh, former, le- I mean, legendary powder editor, maybe the most transformational powder editor in history, I feel like he was the one that <clears throat> saw powder for what it was, which was like this dirtbag Bible that, Sure. Uh, that understood us, you know, understood what it was like to be a waiter in a ski town. Work in night shift so that you could wake up early to get first tracks and totally. Um, you know, long story short, Tim he uh, he hired me. He flew me well for my interview uh, for associate editor at Powder. He he flew me out to San Diego. I rented a car for the first time in my life. I was only uh, twenty three years old. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, I was young, and so I went out and it was. I mean, I think he actually rented the car mm-hmm. for me. Because it was yeah. too expensive for me to rent it, being under <laughs> twenty point right. five or whatever. And yeah, then, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I drove right. out, got the job, and I moved to I moved to California, and I've been Excellent. here for almost almost
0: thirteen years. Very good. Then you prefer it out there, or would you rather come back to the Anirondacks? Well, that's a funny. My wife and I
1: are having those conversations now. Um, we were just in Lake George earlier this summer. And, nice, uh, nice. And I love. Uh, I would say, like, there's no way my brain can ever forget what it's like to ski at Alpine Meadows. Alpine Meadows okay. is like, for me, the be all and all ski resort that I just personally, it's just my personal opinion. Professionally, I would say, you know, like every place I've ever skied has its value and is awesome. But, Absolutely. Um, c- culturally speaking, I definitely miss, um, I miss the East Coast. I miss Vermont the most of all. Um, and I, uh, I would say that we are like, very pleasantly happy in California, mm-hmm. but also sure. with an eye. Kind of, I would say both feet are firmly playing in California, but we're also looking back east to see. Mm-hmm. We have a we have a two and a half year old son, and so you know we're trying yeah. to figure out what's best for him.
0: Yeah, don't no, totally one hundred percent understand that. I mean, I love you know I love the east. I love living in Vermont. I grew up here. I live here again, and the only place I lived in the west was Las Vegas, which is a little different than. The Tahoe area, I, I assume. Never got up there while I was out there. But my follow-up to that is, and it, it, one of the things I push is skiing, snowboarding, snow sports are for everyone. Everyone can do it. It doesn't matter who you are, how much money you make, whatever. Anybody can do it. But there are some stereotypes still kicking around that keep people from doing it. And one of those is the East and West Coast animosity, which I thought died with that era of hip-hop in the mid-'90s. But I still hear it's around. Now you're a pro you're a pro. Do you still hear this stuff? Like, is it still out there? Like it's kind of a goofy question, but I gotta know.
1: I think the uh, I think the misconception from like west coasters looking east is that hmm. the terrain sucks. Which is not true at all. It's very different. Yeah. And the irony is that these are the same people that are going to Japan and skiing East Coast style terrain in Japan mm-hmm. with yeah, amazing stuff. Totally. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. I think from the East Coast looking west, I mean, my friends at, you know, Jeff and Rooster from Ski the East are always teasing me calling it Ta Bro. I think they think there's this like bro <laughs> vibe. But ironically, like, you know, those cultures, <laughs> if you have the, if you have the means and ability to live in both places, it's pretty, pretty special. I mean, I did a, Sure. like truly in, in March, um, I went with Jeff Thomas and Aaron Blunk and Ian Morrison back to the East Coast for head skis and we made a short film about taking two West Coast pro skiers who had never been back East. And yeah. We did the Vermont 100. We did the Vermont 100 trail and it was, was unbelievable, and and what I sold them on it, like you know, Jeff has been back there a ton. He knows what he's, you know, he's up in Whistler, but he knows exactly what he's doing when it comes to the East Coast. But for Ian and Aaron, um, I was like, you know, look, go back. Picture picture like you're going to a new country in Europe, right? And like mm-hmm. you understand how societies work, but also like you don't know how their culture works. So go back and just be open minded to what you're going to experience. And what was really cool was, sure, we got every type of snow that you can get.
0: Uh, yeah yeah types
1: of snow they'd ever skied but more importantly like sure they fell in love with the people and yeah and i th- and i think that is something that the east coast can hold really high and a lot of people think it's like the grit <laughs> and the diehardness but like yeah we're genuine genuinely nice back there people are genuinely, oh yeah and you know what also, they're genuinely honest so absolutely if you feel like an east coaster being mean to you they're probably <laughs> either trying to be your friend by talking shit Oh, can we swear podcast? Yeah. Okay. yeah, you could
0: totally whatever ah, you second. want, dude. Okay. No, you're cool. Swear okay. shit. Fuck whatever you want to do, dude. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Go for it. <laughs> oh my God. I
1: feel like it's the, the skip from I think you should leave, but I won't, I won't drop those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, look, like the fact is like skiing at Alpine Meadows, in order to get that kind of vertical at Killington, you'd have to ski for three yeah. days that we totally in, like three hours. But that yeah, said, totally, totally. what's really fun is I, I skied with the hammer at Big Sky mm-hmm. one year. Um, he was out there on his family vacation with his wife, Cindy. And to be honest, the, the, the snow quality Montana was not that great during that time. But okay. Sure. Hammer being hammer, a man from Killington, he likes mm-hmm. long, floaty groomers and moguls. And yeah. we found, we found plenty of that. And mm. it was really cool to get like, into his East Coast mindset at a West Coast, like one of the largest skiers in the world. And yeah. we had so much fun. We skied until 4 30. We actually like rode, rode up and like purposely took our time coming down. And I feel like the ski patrol was right on our butts doing the sweep. And <laughs> we had a bla- we had a blast. You know, and then what was cool is oh, yeah. when we finished, we weren't like on to the next activity as a lot of West Coasters do. Like we sat there and we dissected our ski day. Yeah. You know, over 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 you know a plate of fries and nachos and just like sitting there looking up at the mountain saying you know Jesus that was good that was fun the snow actually was surprisingly good and then I, I don't know I think that the nuances of ski culture can be found on the East Coast sure. as far as like appreciating stuff
0: yeah I yeah think totally
1: the, the the terrain snow quality like I've I've skied Alta snow at mm-hmm. Jay Peak. But Alta Snow is called Alta Snow. You know what I mean? Like it is. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's kind
0: of it's kind of following all its own. You hear that back here? See, it's interesting that you say all that because you know I hear you know people talk. Um, And people have regional love, of course, you know, PNW kids love PNW, Sierra kids love Sierra, New England, New England, you know, Midwest, you know, upper peninsula, Michigan, whatever it is. Um, But there are those who still ask me who really aren't in it, who don't do it. They're like, is this really a thing? And I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's a misunderstanding. I think everybody can kind of gets along, man. Um, And. You know, you just hear that it's different from one, you know, one side of the country to a whole other country. If you go to Europe or Asia or, you know, Oceania, wherever you might be. So I think that's really kind of awesome. And especially again, coming from someone who knows what they're talking about more than I do, that's even better. Like, that's great for me. Um, I mean, I don't
1: know, like, <clears throat> I think, I think, like a couple years ago, I was at, I um, was at the final level one premiere, the world premiere in Denver of their last their last film their last annual ski film and i met um keegan kilbride who's like a kid from the east coast and he had a great segment and i don't know like i felt a real kinship with him just from he's a sugar love guy you okay know, a lot of my friends are sugar love guys right and so like yeah i i think it's the same when i find like like jake doan who skis her forefront like he yeah. Grew up in the Adirondacks, you know, and so like yeah. I would say I'm naturally biased towards like totally supporting his career, and we've been friends for a long time. He filmed with me heads back when I was there, but like you know, like I'd say from like a media standpoint, like I certainly have uh, the guys and gals from the East, you know, Devin Logan's a huge. I'm a huge fan of her because she was winning Rails to Riches at Killington when I was going yep. to school in Potsdam, you know. Okay, so, yeah, totally. Uh, um. You know, talk Tom, Tom Walsh, as famous as he is, he's still that kid from Pennsylvania that grew up skiing the mm-hmm. Wisp, you know. So, yeah, um, I think we're all proud of where we came from, mm-hmm. um, and that but that shouldn't really overshadow like how far people have
0: come, where they've come. And um, if you ever have to ski in your backyard, you should do it. So, yeah, that's what I always say anyway. I mean, I totally agree with you. And a lot of people don't even think about Tom Walsh being from the East, a lot of people don't even realize that because I mean, he's so. He's so good. Like, you don't even think about it. Just watch him and you're just blown away anyway. But a lot of people don't realize that stuff. Um, and a lot of big names have come out if you follow the pro circuit or if you're just a traveler, man. Come out here. Go out there. Do whatever as long as you enjoy it. Don't, don't get into any of the bullshit because it just hurts all of us in the end. And again, that's just something I wanted your opinion on since you are out west, and I've never skied out west, you know, and I, I know people from out west, but I've never skied it. Um, not to backtrack too much, though, you brought up the film where you guys were doing the Route 100. I didn't realize that was one of yours. I saw it. Um, I saw the, well, I saw the Route 100 sign in the opening graphic, and I was hooked. I was like, let's do it. I know the whole thing, which isn't true. I know most of it. Um what was that like? Just tooling through Vermont, like you were you were saying, you had a good time. The people were there. You have West Coasters, um, but for you being back in a place you've been, and and just the filming alone, like just the overall experience, because that was a great film. I really enjoyed that. I, I loved it. Yes. That's one of my favorites. Uh, what was that? Last year, the year before. Yeah, it was uh, literally. We should, I would say the day we got there was when the
1: first case of COVID like hit like that nursing home in Seattle. Okay, And then by the time we left, we were having dinner with Steve Wright from Jay Peak, mm-hmm. um, and the NBA shut down during dinner. And we oh. Were like, oh, th- this is a thing now, and okay, yeah. but um, <laughs> I-, I actually, like, I love the idea of maybe even trying to remix that film into, like, the last normal road trip before the end of the world. That would be awesome. (laughs) Apocalyptic thing. Like, I mean, talk about like having a parking lot party, hugging everyone that you don't know, you know, things that sound so dangerous today, but we were just doing them back then. But um, that was an idea. That was an idea that um, one of my creative partners, Jeff Thomas and I, Jeff Mm -hmm. is the guy behind theory three media back in the day. He made some incredible ski films. Um, He and I have made a couple projects in Vermont. We're both huge fans of the state. We worked at the tourism board. Um, he and I had pitched it to another ski brand. He works pretty exclusively with Head through Jeff, his okay. company. And, sure. um, he pitched it to Head Skis. And the idea was like, fish out of water. Let's take two West Coast skiers on this iconic highway in Vermont and hit as Told many me. skiers as we can. Um, I, and what was really cool is I actually was, um, was hired as a photographer mm-hmm. on that. I've been, last I'm always trying to like increase my skill sets. Like what can I get better at photography, something I wish I had any type of skills for when I was working at powder. Hmm. Um, but I would just go with a pro photographer and we would write and shoot. So for Vermont 100, Jeff took a chance on me and hired me as a photographer for head. And I was kind of like the unofficial tour guide and it's just calling. That's awesome. Friends. And, and I think weather wise we ended up, Went really well. Like we got kind of skunked at Jay, but um, Jay is the place to get skunked because of all their indoor stuff you can do. So, yeah, totally. You know, we we still had a, a really good time, and we still were able to get out on the hill. Killington was by far yeah. our best stop. Um, <laughs> I mean, we had a blast at Stowe. Sure. But I grew up on the other side of you know Route four one forty nine yep. in in upstate. So doing, I mean, that's totally. like your rite of passage when you can leave your state. You know, I mean, I used to do it illegally. Like, I got my license three months after I turned 16 and was driving <laughs> out of state. I mean, the first thing I wanted to do was I, mm-hmm. I turned 16 in October, and by January, I was driving yep. to Killington. Awesome.
0: So, yeah. See that? He yeah. he put his ass on the line for it, man. <laughs> As a teenager, they'll take your license for that stuff, man. But that's pretty good, and remember, that says like, a lot for Killington.
1: Yeah, I can remember, like, convincing my parents... Like pretty level headed, I was never like one of those like brats that would like scream at his parents when I didn't get what I wanted. I was I would always try to like convince them like Hey, here's what I'm thinking." And I remember convincing my parents the merits of being allowed to sleep in a car in a parking lot so Mm -hmm. that I could wake up the next morning and be at Connecticut early on Saturday. And (laughs) you know, either they trusted me or like it was they just like didn't fully understand. Maybe they thought I was staying with a friend, or maybe I did say I was staying with a friend, who knows. Um, mm-hmm. I would sleep in the parking lot in my car. Um, to this day, my wife makes fun of me. If we get a family car, I actually have yep. six one, I lay down in the back of the car just
0: to see if yeah. like it's a sleep, sleepable That's vehicle. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you gotta check it out fully, you know, to kick the tires and check the trunk link. That's awesome, man. And you never yeah. know, you might be able to get to do it again. That's fantastic. Um, heading out here. I love it here. Like I said, Killington's one of my favorite places, too. It was one of the first places outside of Mount Snow that I ever went. Mount Snow Haystack, um, dating back to the American Skiing Company. That's where I worked for Mount Snow. So that's where I was. Um, and, you know, just being a teenager, not having a lot of cash, it was, you know, I was always at Killington because our past covered it. You, know, you just had to pay for gas. So I love that place. And we took Route 100 to get there every time. Like there's like 20 different ways one could go if they so chose. But that's the way we took. And so that's for that film. That's what, when I saw the Route 100, obviously a Vermonter, and thinking back to those days when we were doing something similar, we didn't go all the way up to Jay and we weren't at Stowe or anything like this. But uh, that film hooked me. So hard. I-, I loved it. And I-, I think I told like a bunch of people about it. Too. I was like, dude, you gotta watch this one. All my local friends. I was like, you gotta look at this one, dude, because it's our backyard. This is where we are. This is where we grew up. And I loved it. But then I love any film for Vermont. And speaking of which, um, one of your verb cabin pieces, um, another way was that it? The Ian Compton film. Pardon my yeah. memory. Uh, it sucks. I find Ian Compton very interesting, um, because of, Bas- well basically what that film was about and I won't ruin it I'll let you ruin it but so you can talk about it and ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it it's quick too it's a short um I find him interesting and I think it was one of there was a level 1 uh short that was up at his house too I can't remember if that's right or not but he's an interesting guy and the film is interesting I'll let you talk about the film because you did it so you know it better than I do
1: <laughs> sure yeah so I mean I pitch a ski company um, this idea of going and finding finding professional skiers who had made hard pivots away from this, frankly, like pretty boutique life of being able to fly around the world with cameras and like everyone wants to like watch you ski and make money at competitions and everything like guys that had pivoted really hard or gals too that pivoted really hard yeah. out of that life into something else. And had found another way. And that's where the title came from. Awesome. And with Ian, what I thought was interesting was when I, we were, again, he's another guy from the meathead film days that I just got to know. And, um, he's always been authentically himself. Hmm. Um, he's just, uh, you know how it is too. I think like there's just yeah. people that are bo- born with kind hearts and that's just who they are. And he's certainly yeah. one of those people
0: um Mm, totally
1: so i found it interesting that he he like publicly retired on Newschoolers.com from skiing which was like pretty interesting and a lot of guys were doing that at the time and i was like man this is like like i i mean i might retire from ski writing one day i mean i don't write for other outlets i only write for my own these days but um yeah i would never like retire From skiing, like I would just ski, and I would really sad because I just don't write anymore. I like kind of fade into the background. Sure, Um, but I found it interesting, and I was like, man, it sounds like he like kind of like fell out of love with skiing, and I was curious about that because you know part of growing up is recognizing like when relationships fail or like try something it doesn't work. It's not a total failure. You tried something, like there was still a moment in time. It can be valuable, lessons learned, whatever. Totally. So I, I pitched, pitched the idea, the ski film, uh, or the ski company that sponsored it actually was, uh, sold to okay. another, uh, to another conglomerate. And so oh. they actually gave they okay. gave it to me. They gave me the film that they were going to, I was going to make it for them. They were going to own yeah. it. They're like, look, we're, we're going in a different direction. Like keep the money and you can just finish it. And oh, wow. Like, so it became this like funded film that I got to make however I wanted um, Blake Kimmel and I went out and slept in Compton's, like, grandfather's cabin outside of Jay for okay. a week. Um, nice. We used footage from Shane McFalls and then Jeff, mm-hmm. Jeff Thomas, who made the head film, like, he actually mm-hmm. finished it on the post-production side. Nice. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, we put it out. It got a staff pick from, you it's the first film mm-hmm. that I've ever, like, written and directed on my own where I knew exactly how I wanted it to be. I didn't have to ask a brand for permission. Can I make it this way or whatever, you know, a sure. lot these collaborative, but every once in a while mm-hmm. it's nice to own like your podcast right now, like yeah. you're the be all end all of the podcast and you get to make it yeah. however you want. And totally. And, and that's, that is a lot of freedom. I'd never had that with a film. And so it was pretty rewarding for me to put that out and have it win some awards get to a lot of film festivals. The Vimeo staff pick is something that people, Covet in my industry when it comes to filmmaking to win that on my first film felt really cool.
0: That's um, wicked, all
1: yeah. And I mean, Blake, Blake Kimmel, uh, the original, you know, original co founder of Verb Cabin, like he, he and I, like we, that was a passion project. We really cared about that and we worked really hard. And Jeff came in like a year later and helped us edit it on the post production side and, and just like really saw the vision I had for it and. It was great. I'd love to make more of them. I mean, it's one of those things I have in the back of my mind with Mountain Gazette as we grow. When sure. we decide we're going to get into video marketing, I think that's going to be our video marketing platform. It's just like making heartfelt, ground-level films about people. So That would
0: be awesome. That'd be awesome, especially if you could tell stories like uh, Ian Compton's, man. Like I said, I find him to be an interesting guy because he's just obviously just an awesome guy, nice guy. Um, his skiing is top notch. The boy makes it look effortless when he is out, you know, when you know, I, I, I have to say he's one of the most effort, effortless, um, tricksters I've ever seen. Like he can hit a rail, like he's walking. It's ridiculous. I don't know how he does it. Um, and then too for him to drop out and kind of, you know, almost off grid it up there in a uh, Greensboro or Greensboro. I can't remember. I don't know the Northeast kingdom that well. Um, but I, what I do know about the Northeast kingdom is that there's not much up there. Like that's rural up there um nice area you know burke is up there and you know your jay's kind of you know pushing the edge as you're heading west but it's a nice area and I, I just think that he's great that he's up there uh, I, again i love the area it's only an hour north from here where his town is right there and uh i love it and i think it's great and i thought that film was good too i really enjoyed it um It really felt laid back because he always seems like a laid back guy. It felt like him. And you were talking to him. He actually showed some true emotion talking about the first person he met up there, dude. Like he was almost in tears on camera. Like it, it it was beautifully made. And I really enjoyed it. And for a short, especially like I like short films. But this one, it got to the end. It was like, oh, dude, that's it. Like, come on, like another five minutes, please. Like, that's it. Um, it, it was, it was interesting and I really enjoyed that as well. Um, so your films are top notch. Um, the ones you work on, whether it's yours or you help out, obviously you got a touch there of some kind. And speaking of touch, let's just move on to Mountain Gazette. Um, when did you redebut it? Like, what, well, what, well, first, that's kind of a stupid thing to say. The history of the magazine. If you want to go over that real quick, or you could take, you know, However you want to explain it, man. Go for it.
1: Yeah, sure. So Mountain Gazette was started in 1966. Uh, it was originally founded as Skier's Gazette. So it was a ski mm-hmm. magazine. And then they expanded their reach, uh, editorial reach, to all of Outdoor. Just to sure. Sort of, it was the original Outdoor magazine. Um, it was uh, It was really, like, eclectic. The writing and photography was, like, what... Was pushed forward. Um, it was a it was monthly in Colorado. Sure. and It developed this reputation for just attracting real like literary heads, photo heads, like just people who couldn't get enough of the culture and want something a little different. Um, I uh, purchased the magazine at a bar in Denver at Outdoor Retailer. Wow! Um, it's in the bill of sale that it was a uh, agreed upon price and a cold beer. And the cold beer was a Coors Banquet beer. Um, All so right. I actually <laughs> bought the, the previous owner, uh, Blake is his name. Um, yeah. I bought him a cold beer as part of it. We signed the That's deal awesome. in the Flylo booth at Outdoor Retailer. Dan from FWILO okay. good friend of mine. And then um, I actually like put it on the shelf for a little bit. I was like, I'll, I'll try to relaunch this in two years. Fast okay. forward three months later, COVID. And yep. um, I actually like, <laughs> I prefer my, the way my wife tells the story now is that during the pandemic, people learned how to bake bread and like do shit they always wanted to do. Sure. I, uh, I decided my COVID hobby would be to bring back a beloved dead magazine. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally. I mean, if you're going to go for it, go for it, man. We relaunched launched in, in July of 2020. Um, we started selling subscriptions, uh, in August, of 2020. So we're like a little over a year in now. Um, and we're up to like 2,400 subscribers. We're fully like reader supported. Um, and then awesome. new kind of this year. Um, we've always had like some, some friends at Armada and Eddie Bauer and Philo who've come in at Albi Brewing have come in and like just helped. We've got sure. some um pretty in addition to a lot of those folks coming back, we have a lot of new ad partners in this next issue. Um awesome. and what's cool is that as the magazine's growing in prestige and like subscribers, like the mm-hmm. industry's taking notice, they're seeing it as an alternative to what else is out there. Yeah. Um and I can tell you that even though I'm here in sunny Palm Springs where it's 110 degrees outside in the desert. Like I'm reading about <laughs> Zen and snowboarding and I'm reading yeah. about the history of Crested Butte and I'm thinking about okay. what our next issue is, which comes out in October. And uh yeah, I mean it's it's on my mind all the time. My dream is to actually make it a the full time job. I'd say right now it takes up like it was like 20% of my work and now it's taking up like forty to fifty which is really yeah. nice. And totally. my hope is that um, eventually it's the lines are blurred and like where verb cabin starts and ends mountain cassette starts. Like is, they're all just connected and yeah. Um, we've got some new clothes coming out later this okay. week, probably probably tomorrow. Actually that's cool. my to-do list today after the pod is to put that on the website. We've got some hoodies and, We've got a blanket and we've got some sweatshorts and frisbee. We've got some new hats coming out in a couple of weeks. We've got a cool product collab with mirror, the, the, uh, water bottle company. Okay. making some like cool, like, yeah. Reusable coffee cups and all that. So yeah. Um, I would say that Mount, Mountain Gazette is the, like, manifestation of, like, my entire life's work. Like, all, like, 15, 16 years I've been a journalist. I mean, I've been writing about skiing since so I was 16, wow. 17 years old. Yeah, and so I'm 30. Cool. I'm going to be th- 36 this fall. And so we're coming up on it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, like, wow, dude. Like, that's a that's a great story. Um Number one, it's a great story because if there's a beer involved on and it's in signed in that's a ski bum story to be reckoned with Uh, there's going to be a few there's good it's going to be hard to top that um but it's so great that it's your almost i guess it could be accurate to say passion project and it's coming to life especially in the 21st century and this is the question i had why take on a print magazine when a lot of people will say print is dead or on life support as you said with like powder a lot of magazines in the last ten years have just died, died, um, and a lot of people blame the internet and other things. You know, if you get into the business of it, but why take it on? Like, were you confident? I mean, you you bought it, so you must have been.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I was me. fully confident um, that it would work. I knew it would work. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of my inspiration for for doing it comes from where I live now. Um, there's this great line in the McConkie doc where, you know, Shane's convincing people that, you know, reverse camber will work, that fat skis will work. And he, he does so by going up to Alaska with MSP and Hank Ray and like doing his McConkie turn down that face. And, uh, he's got that line. He's like, I knew it would work. And I think sometimes that's all it takes. It's just me looking at all the landscape and saying. I, I've worked inside these beautiful organizations that make a great product and do a lot of mm-hmm. extra shit. And I yeah. thought, what if you got rid of the extra shit and just gave the core product, which is the magazine, that's all, that's all we're really focused on at Mountain Gazette with our yeah. team is every issue has to be great, has to be really stand out, special, something you'd be willing to spend a decent amount of money on. And um, it costs with shipping like 70 bucks a year, which is the same cost as a Vail Resorts cheeseburger. And yeah. <laughs> um, so not too bad. If you're into eating lunch at no. ski resorts, like it's about the same price and it comes yeah. twice a year. It's um, I think it's a, it's become a statement piece. I've noticed like when people get it, they share it on uh, social media. Oh, and, totally. They do. They like are really proud of having it in their house. They're proud of like showing it to their friends. I feel like we're at this stage where like, we're this core cool group of folks um, from a totally crazy diverse background. Like I cannot say a mountain because that subscriber looks like this or that or whatever. Folks are yeah. everywhere. Um, all over the world, all different types of folks, different ages. And what's cool is we're all connected by one thing and that's walking out our front door makes us feel really good. You know, yeah. getting outside makes us feel good. We all love skiing. We all love, snowboarding or climbing or just going for a hike or like we had a bird watching story at our first issue that people were like blown away by. and Awesome. Uh, yeah. I think why I wanted to do print is um, you talk about the head skis film or like the, another way um, huh? the way the internet works is like things come out and they're forgotten about if you're lucky within minutes, Yeah, you know, uh, oh, absolutely. Like if you, if you asked like 48 hours on the internet at the talking point, like that's like considered a, a real success. Totally. I wanted to, I wanted to put things out there that could last six months to a lifetime. Yeah. And that was really important to me. And I, I felt like, you know, it's weird. Like everyone I know that has a vinyl collection, Tim has uh, a yeah. Spotify and Apple music or, or title or whatever. But they still yeah. have a vinyl collection. There's just something about holding something in your hands that makes you feel good. And I yeah. feel like people are craving a personal relationship. I can tell you right now, the next issue of the magazine, I'm making it for less than 3,000 people. I'm mm-hmm. not making it to win the internet. I'm not yeah. making it to... I'm making it for the people who have given us their hard-earned money, and I only care what they think about it.
0: Absolutely, and that's a
1: really freeing feeling of not being like, "Let's go grab this infinite number of folks and eyeballs for like a couple seconds." Like, I don't know. I people come. I said the strangest thing that I would love to like correct on your pod is like, people come up to me and they're like, "I'm sorry, I haven't read the entire issue." That's okay. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a there's a lot of shit in there, man. (laughs) It's long. Yeah, it's like it's like sixty to seventy thousand words. Sometimes I mean, it's it's meant it's meant to be consumed in the way you want to consume it. I know friends that like methodically read it over 2 weeks one story a night. I know other people mm-hmm. like my mom tries to rip through it in 24 hours. And I'm like why would you? <laughs> I, I don't even do that. I can't even read yep. all of the copy in that time. Our copy editor doesn't do that, you know. So Yeah. I just wanted to make something for a community of people that I love and respect and I'm constantly curious about. So oh. that's what I was oh. after.
0: I like it, man, That that's the way to go. I mean, even from just the, if you wanted to look at it from a simple business point, if you do, if you provide a service or product that you love, that you know about, that you make great or as close to great as you can get, yeah, you may be making it for less than 3000 people, but more people are going to come on. I know that because people do love it, but at least it's going to be good. And that's really, I think in this day and age, um, you know, outside of ski topics, my friends and I get into a lot about entertainment and, you know, we say, you know, we're just not getting what we need, want, anything good anymore. It's all whatever. I feel that this, from what you said, you're doing exactly that. You're doing the good work, doing the work the way it should be done, following the rules, I guess you could say. Um, and people love it. Um, every other day, I always see Mountain Gazette photos up and not from the Mountain Gazette um, social media pages either. It's from everybody reads it um a lot of followers um a lot of people love it i actually have uh you can't see it in this in this view but i have mountain gazette uh 41 framed and up here on my wall too so there you go like it's there it's it's and it's wonderful would you ever consider this is kind of a silly question but you you talked about powder being on life support if the opportunity came to do a second one would you snatch it up Uh,
1: another title
0: yeah, like say someone said, all right, you know what, we're done with powder, we're out, sell it, give it away, do whatever you want with it. Would you be like, hey, right here? I tried to buy it. Oh, you did? So there you go.
1: I had no idea.
0: You want a story for your pod? Absolutely. Go with it, man. Because like go I said, that it. was just off the cuff, out of my head. Like I had no idea this was a real thing. So Go for it.
1: Um When I was at the Ski Journal, we did a story on Jan Winter, who's the founder of Rolling Zone. Okay, and Jan has a section in, in there about how moving to Sun Valley and skiing saved his life, okay, like it was out of control, and I took that what? little paragraph or whatever and just started asking questions. I found out mm-hmm. at one point he actually tried to buy powder, okay um from Dave and Jake Mo back in the day, who yeah found in powder, so the writer um who wrote that piece on Yon. We did a profile. It's here on Yon about like okay. how the founder of Rolling Stone Skiing saved his life, which yeah. is a beautiful story, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I love it. Sent, I sent Kit, uh, the writer an email and said, I have a crazy idea. When powder down, like, what if we went to Yon and Yon knows David Pecker, whose company American media owns the asset pattern magazine owns it. And I said, what if we had Jan on our side and convinced him that he should give us powder magazine, two ski bombs, one from Tahoe, one from Sun Valley, and yeah. then we will do our best to restore powder to its former glory. Yeah. And Jan, Jan thought that was an awesome idea. That, so that's Jan totally was, Jan, awesome. Idea. So, so I found a way to get in touch with the founder of Rolling Stone who mm-hmm. went to his friend that owned powder and he said, I yeah. would give the, I would like for you to, Consider giving this magazine to these two ski bums Now that is a preposterous like (laughs) request will you give us the bible will you give us the bible of skiing it felt like a biblical story in itself it's like we're going in front of god wicked Please just give it and uh, (laughs) um my brain was actually just it probably honestly probably would have tanked it's that it probably would have tanked the gazette because you know yeah i Um, you know it was hard to say, like, I don't know, like we cover skiing in there. Like we are different, but I yeah. thought was like, we would, res- we would do four, four times a year and try to turn it into this like public good. We get yeah. rid of gear, get rid of gear and mm-hmm. just focus on power skiing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just I, hey, cool. And, and so David Pecker, uh, to his credit, actually considered it. And then they came back with a, a, a nice. price and, You know, Mountain Gazette's debt free. I paid off my investment, um, within three months of being open. Like it's, dude, we're, we're debt free, 100% owned by Verb Cabin. Sweet. Profitable. You know, we pay all of our contributors on time. And I thought I could, I thought I could recreate that. Yeah. With powder and who knows? Maybe one day it still could. But, um, for now, Dave Reddick, the photo editor is kind of keeping it on life support. He's doing a really Mm -hmm. great job with their like Instagram. Okay. And he has, you know, our columnist, former powder columnist, uh, Hans Ludwig, the J local writing these okay. intros and he's, and Dave's digitizing all the old magazines. Okay. That's awesome. Put them out there, preserve them. Sure. Yeah. So maybe one day, but, um, for now I'm, Excuse I'm, me. I'm really happy making two issues a year of mountain. Yeah. Jet. Um, and like, the joke my wife and I always say is, like, if Tahoe becomes a place we can't live forever because of wildfire, that we'll move to the coast somewhere. What's our coastal gazette? And it'll just be, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know Why not? about
0: living on the coast. So. Neither do I, but, I mean, yeah. I live near the Jersey Shore. Does that count? I don't know. It's yeah. whatever. At, that's actually kind of awesome. Like I said, that was just off the cuff. I had no idea there was actually a story there. So that's really cool good Tried, and
1: and it was a i will say it was not so much of a like i said it probably would have killed the gazette which would have been stupid to like you know cut off one hand or whatever the, the yeah pages. no you know, like i didn't i didn't want to have two properties and and yeah i'm i'm certain like i know for a fact that i probably could have found the investment money but mm-hmm. that's how these magazines get in trouble is they get into so much debt and like these are supposed to be smaller businesses, right? Like they're not yeah. supposed to be, they're not supposed to be Facebook. They're not supposed to be Instagram. They're not supposed to be these massive, like billion dollar valuation companies. Totally. Um, I think they're supposed to be small community oriented and the focus should be using your media to grow the community, to bring more people in and make them feel welcome. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. That's every perfect. Human, every human being has an innate desire to go outside. Those yeah. are my customers. That's mm-hmm. it, and I want them to feel like they're a part of the community. Tim, you know you're a hardcore skier. Someone in North Carolina might ski two, three times a year at Boone, and they might yeah. consider themselves a hardcore skier. Who am yeah. I to make that judgment call on whether or not they they belong? You know, it's that's like, it. You belong. You love it if you're passionate yeah. about it, and then you're in. You know, yeah. Your skill, your skill level, and where you go and how
0: you do it. Because that's secondary. it, man yeah yeah that's it and I 100% agree with that like I said at the beginning for everyone if you love it and you do it your way do it groomer rider fine tree rider fine bumps park two times a year a thousand times a year whatever it is hit it go for it just be part of that community and you say as you said this magazine serves the community which actually brings me to another question Uh, isn't a good I, I I think I misunderstood this but a Decent portion of Mountain Gazette is community um, submitted, no, like uh, reader submitted yeah. or other people submitted. Not necessarily all your office full of pros. Yeah. Or if I'm wrong, yeah, tell mean, me I'm wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I, um, I would love to write a feature for Mountain Gazette someday. It would uh, be great. But uh, totally, I, I would, I would rather just pay the community members and um, yeah, so. <clears throat> our writers and photographers come from a lot of different places, a lot of different backgrounds. Um, almost all of them, I believe are subscribers. Mm. Um, and if they're not, once they like, see it, they, they come back and subscribe. Um, and then what I look for is, are you a talented writer? Are you a talented photographer? I don't care who you shot for or who you've written for. Mm -hmm. Um, it's certainly nice when we get, you know, folks from the New York times the (laughs) Paris review or, you know, wherever who write, write for us. Um, yeah, that's pretty special. But at the same time, I actually think those folks are are more afraid to write for Mountain Gazette than like the hardcore local who's got one good story, you Mm -hmm. know, in her and she's like, Oh, I just, I just want to nail, you know, nail this story for Mountain Gazette one time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I always say the hardest part's done. You've worked hard your whole career to become like a great writer. Like you're a great writer. Now just mm-hmm. come to Mountain Gazette and be a great writer and play yeah. yourself. Um, That's awesome. I'm a pretty light handed editor. Our copy editor, Kim Stravers is, is unreal. Like she will, she will make sure you're not effing up the grammar and, That's and keeping good. it clean and tight, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I love John, that. Our, John, our art director and Alexa, our director of photography. um, just ensure that like photography is unreal and like it's presented correctly it will print properly and and look really good so that's awesome. it I and mean, we're we're just here to create a 132 page book every every 6 months and and
0: put beautiful things in it that's awesome man that that's incredible and and as i said and as you said people love it and i feel like especially since the covid thing happened like Everybody, more people wanted to get outside to the point it was dangerous to go outside. And uh, yeah. I think, but I think more people are starting to get it. I think more people are starting to love it. I think, you know, whether it's skiing, hiking, which I do, biking, I don't know if you guys have a lot of mountain biker stuff going on, but that has a big community as well for mountain sport and outdoor, man. I think people are going to love it and they're going to, and as you said, people like to hold a physical piece they want something real you know not just their ebook reader or whatever it may be which is why you're so successful in a day when some people will say print is dead um i hope print it continues dead.
1: it's dude this is like an old tale in media i mean we're sitting here essentially doing a talk radio show
0: yeah you know it's the same it's just, thing
1: it's just it's just called a podcast but it's still an audio yeah. medium like i don't know it's yeah, like totally. the same people that said like painting would be dead when the camera was invented or that yeah. like you know Radio was dead because of television. Like these mediums, they're just, they're just mediums. It's really hard to kill a medium. It's super easy to kill a business, but most of that has to do with people
0: and Mm -hmm. not,
1: and not so much like the act of like how you put your art into the world. Yeah. Um, You know, like, I mean, music is still around and Mm -hmm. it's totally different from how it used to be. I think print just has to be different. And I think the idea is like niche print, which is what we're doing is is special i mean vinyl records you're never gonna have a vinyl record outsell <laughs> like um streaming right like sure. so like but you don't need to you know no. you can sell you can talk to any independent musician if they sold a thousand to two thousand copies of a vinyl record their mm-hmm. album they'll use yeah. it it would be amazing totally i mean totally. what musician doesn't want an extra like 25 to forty thousand dollars in their pocket like absolutely that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> You're not and if all. you can, and if you can cover the costs, you know, like that's it. It's like for me, I was like a thousand subscribers was our goal because that would cover yeah. the cost of making it. And then it was like, cool, I'm off the hook. So yeah, but we didn't that, get that when powder, snowboarder, bike all shut down, people who love print were looking for something else and they came to us, which was
0: cool. Absolutely. That's absolutely perfect. I love it. You said it. It's not about the medium. It's about the business and that's people and people just getting crushed by whatever reason it has. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody or anybody did anything wrong necessarily. I'm just saying if you're a good business person or if you at least understand your medium, you can do well. Also,
1: I mean the biggest company in the world, Apple, is like mm-hmm. notoriously known for buying up like billboards, park benches, the back pages of like Life magazine, Time Magazine, mm-hmm. like what you name it. Um, oh, yeah. you know, I think, I think that's pretty telling. Like everyone, cool. all these like marketing directors from like small ski companies that are like, Oh, Prince dead. They think they're so smart. You know, it's like, okay. Like if Prince, if Prince really dead, <laughs> then why is Apple, which is the most successful business in the history of the world. Uh, sure. why are they putting a large portion of their marketing dollars, not on Instagram advertising, but onto print, you know, yeah. like you go into San, we were weirdest in San Francisco last week, avoiding the smoke and. Lo and mm-hmm. behold, right as you get off the highway in the bay, there's an ad. Well, there's like a shot on iPhone ads everywhere. Yep. In big, beautiful billboards. So yeah. it's like it's it's a successful medium for some people. They see the value of people being exposed to that message in the same place every day. Yeah, and absolutely. The fact is our ad partners, I mean, you, most of our readers know who our ad partners are because we mm-hmm. we don't allow a bunch of them to come in. You know, we, sure. we select who they are and they have to be a good fit. You know, I'm yeah. welcoming in Solomon and CMH Haley Skiing into this next issue. We're like Very so good. pumped to have them on board. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: So <clears throat> we're me. happy to have them on board. That's awesome. And, and you're not wrong. It's, it's almost a case of follow the money. A lot of people say that. And if Apple's spending the money on print, it can't be dead. They would know, but they wouldn't do it if it was. People are still going to see their stuff. But speaking of dead businesses, which Mountain Gazette is not, I don't know if you talked about it in your magazine. I don't know if you've done any other project for it. One of the big things I see and being talked about now, and I kind of would like a pro opinion on it, what's the season going to look like? Is it going to be half shut down like it was last year? Is it going to be different? Last year, I think, could be argued it was pretty successful anyway. Do you think we're going back into it? A lot of people are worried. I'm not worried.
1: I yeah, I'm not either. Like, I feel like ski <laughs> ski resorts know how to operate. Skiing's skiing's relative, snowboarding a relatively safe sports. They're outdoors. Yeah. Most of us were already wearing masks before. I know, yeah, like, I was. You know, the the mask I was wearing and made fun of when I got to powder by my older colleagues. Like, I mean, yeah. they're all wearing those now skiing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it turns out that like tall T wearing park skiers from the East Coast had it right ten years ago. And skiing <laughs> in Mass is actually pretty cool, but um, yeah, man. gonna be. I think I think they're gonna be just fine. Obviously, everything's weather dependent. Um, yeah, I am. I am always calm. Again, just knowing a lot of folks on the East Coast who work in in the resort business, like that's a place where you just you you take your punches, you get up, and you come back. And I yeah. think the West Coast and the rest of us kind of like learned that lesson from COVID. Nice. Okay. Um, totally. Anyway, sure. I, I can see that. I think I, I, what I'm most curious about, Tim, is actually, you know, skiing has a really bad retention rate. Folks who try skiing, typically more people don't come back than stay. Yeah. And I'm Absolutely. curious how many people like COVID skied and are now mm-hmm. have like, there's more options out there right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. So I'm totally. Wondering
1: how, how, I'm wondering how many folks will, um, come back this winter.
0: I hope it's a lot personally. Like, again, I'm like you, I'm not worried about it. It was fine. The season was successful. Places made money. Um, you know, there was like in our state here in Vermont, there was no COVID cases tied to any one mountain. So it's something had to been done. Right. But you're right. There is a very low retention rate. Like I've taken people skiing who have never done it again. Not once. And snowboarding for that matter, never done it again. And it's for the usual reasons. Too cold, too wet. I got hurt. It's, too early in the morning, whatever, whatever their reason kind of, is.
1: It, if you think about it, like it kind of sucks as a sport. If you think about it, oh, like, yeah. it's, it's freezing cold. It's really hard. Plastic yeah. boots are super uncomfortable. Um I mean, there's certainly like the Solomon, like S pro, this is not an ad, but like the Solomon S pro is like in this, in this boot. You can just like put your foot in and go skiing. Like yeah. that's pretty interesting. I think that's, that's cool the, for me. That's like some of the technology that I'm most interested in is like, Really making the barrier of entry like a lot easier to overcome and being like, yeah. Hey, your boots are comfortable and they're warm. That's like a huge thing where people don't want to ski. Yeah. So I think, excuse me. uh, I think, <coughs> excuse me. um, I mean, I'm hopeful for, I'm hopeful for a lot of things, but I can tell you right now, like with these wildfires raging in Tahoe, like south of Tahoe, yeah. like they're, they're four, mile. I heard this one, they're four miles from Sierra Tahoe, which is like a <whistles> East Coast ski area plopped into the, tahoe region i mean if you put sierra tahoe on the east it would be a beloved local ski hill like awesome that people would celebrate it. they'd love it. it would be i mean it's got like magic mountain vibes almost awesome you know i like that and, I Like that. Uh, and they're four miles from this fire and the fire's heading down and we're and we're just hopeful that they they can avoid it and that the so. firefighters can hold the line and
0: yeah it's i yeah. hope so too It's, it's getting ugly. Like there's been so much fire this year. I mean, smoke was hovering over here and we're nowhere near there. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I I hope it ends. And again, I hope no one else gets hurt. I know people get hurt all the time because of it, but I hope no one else does. And it gets, you know, handled. Um, but aside from that, um, you're right about the retention rate of skiing. You're right. It does kind of suck. I tell people all the time. I was like, you know, you hear us bitch about, um, full parking lots on a weekend or a holiday lift lines that might be snaking out wherever or up the hill and all this other stuff. And I say though, but all in all, relatively speaking, it's not popular. Nobody likes to do it. And I've tried of all the people I've had as coworkers and friends. I have two that still do it all. The people I've taken, I've taught a couple people Two will still do it out of so many. And it's, it's like, I don't just try it. You'll like it. And I think that happened this year with the COVID because we had nothing else better to do. So people just tried it. I hope they liked it and I hope they stay in it. And I hope it's, they didn't get hurt because that seems to scare people off more than anything. But aside from the cost.
1: I think, I think we do a really bad job as an industry showing the many different ways that you can enjoy skiing. Hmm. So I'd agree with that. You know, here in Tahoe, like you can go to Northstar and do a champagne toast. You know, mm-hmm. every single day, and like have artisan marshmallows <laughs> you can roast at the bottom of the lift for your s'mores, and like you can have a fancy pants experience. It's that's really quite nice. Or you can go to yeah. Homewood and like brown bag it, and like ride the Madden lift until your heart desires. Or you know, you can go to Olympic Valley and and ski, you know, off KT twenty two, which is where yeah. folks like Shane McConkey and Scott Schmidt, Cody Townsend, and Soggs and Michelle Parker, like all those folks made their names like mm-hmm. skiing there you can go to alpine where i ski and you can kind of be like a little bit of a disappearing hippie into the woods and like um you can go to jackson where yeah. it's a huge proving ground you can go to alta where the best powder skiers in the world are you can go to some- totally. so i think like the idea is like um you know you can you can be a jp skier you can be like me and be like 80 percent of the skiing i did as a kid was at night at west mountain you know i was a night nice. skier like yeah. You know, and I, and that was like who I was. I, like I was a kid. And so I went after school and I'd get mm. like an hour of sunlight and then I would just ski under the lights forever yeah. with no like goggles on my head, just wetting my eyes water.
0: You Absolutely. Know, like, no, totally. I, I agree with that. And it, it I, I think to, to put it even more bluntly, you put it very nicely, but I'll put it bluntly. Like it's the stereotypes that kill it. And I think the biggest one that kills it is that it's a rich person's game. Um, you know, I've talked to people who have said, uh, and it is expensive. And if you're rich, you know, you have money, it's easier, obviously, but that's anything. Um, but I was like, no, 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 it doesn't have to be that. It's not a bunch of, it's not the stereotype, but there's so many different things and there's so many different ways. And I think actually, you know what, I think what's going to help that here in the U S is the, now the indoor places that are going closer to the bigger areas, like, so big, big snow American dream. People are loving it. And you can see New York from there. I love, I love you know, that I place. Mean, when I was at Powder, I did a story in the
1: UK. And mm-hmm. um, indoor indoor, and then dry slope, like no snow ski resorts, mm-hmm. are um, are insane over there. But the dry slope thing close to London, like London to Freeze,
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: amazing. Like, people think of skiing in the way that most of us think of, like say, like, bowling. Of like yeah. Yeah. Let's let's go to the egg. Hey, let's go bowling. Like some people yeah. become, you know, the dude from Big O'Basky And they're like all about <laughs> it. I'm sure some people yeah. go on and like go to the, like the pro bowling league, you know, whatever. But most people just go bowling a couple times a year with their friends because it's a fun thing to do when it's raining out on a Friday night. Yeah. some beer, throw some balls, hit some pins, have a good time. So he doesn't really like have that. But these indoor places are developing that where it's like. Hey, there's a hurricane on its way. Like, Henry's in New York. What are we going to do? Let's head over to Jersey and, you know, go ski with Hallie O'Brien. And, yep. like, who's yeah. over there? That's her <laughs> own resort now. And, yep. Mm-hmm. And just like, and, and take a few laps and see if you like it in a very, very like controlled setting, which is really nice. Climate controlled. Snow is yeah. always good. And then you yeah. just get to kind of see, you know, like, is this, is this for me? And I want to say yeah. I'm like on the I'm fascinated by like Kelly Slater's wave pool. Like the idea mm-hmm. of like you can bring surfing to like the Midwest. Like Oh like, yeah. Bring surfing to like Kentucky. Yeah. Because like we How don't awesome. know if there are good surfers in Kentucky because Kentuckians don't really surf. Yeah. You know? As easily no. Like yep. why not get no, t- it's the same why not get dude, Texas has some of the most you know, huge number of skiers. They're everywhere in the West. Hmm. skiers come from texas all the time let's build Mm -hmm. the biggest indoor ski center in dallas or in austin or wherever and give texans their home ski resort they can be proud of and they can go and they can try out new gear i think that's a huge thing for folks that travel to ski primarily is like yeah how do you how do you try out the new skis from whomever you know Mm -hmm. like throw days there would be huge it'd be awesome Um, I love it. I think indoor skiers are the future. They're they're super cool.
0: I agree. It's um, really
1: easy to like, you can, I mean, you can put renewable energy on them, you know? Oh yeah. And you know, if they do it right, they're actually contributing to the grid versus taking away from it. So now you got like this essentially like indoor play center that's generating power yeah. for a local community. You're like, that's, that's the sickest thing ever. So yeah, yeah that's the, Hopefully it's not the only future that skiing has, but it's definitely yeah. one of them for
0: sure. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want it to be the only one. But it's so brilliant that these places, like Big Snow, for those who don't know, is in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Literally, when you're in the parking garage, you're looking at the stadium that the Jets and the Giants play in. You're looking at it. Um, and, you know, from the other side of the mall, you can see New York City, one of our biggest cities. Um People, one of the things that I think scares people off from skiing, snowboarding, mountain sports is that you have to, you know, generally go to the mountains to do it. And that's not always easy to travel. You know, to drive from where I live to New York City takes like four or five hours. So I get it. But now you've put it right in their backyard, you know, New York City's backyard, East Rutherford, New Jersey, very urban area, big. It's right near Newark. It's not far. Um, but not that New Jersey's big anyway. You can live on the shore and be there in an hour. I think that it will finally get, a lot more eyes on it, and like you said, doing it—you don't have to have the equipment. It's right there. Have demo days. Put these things in the biggest city. Triple uh, Five wanted to build one in Miami. What a great place to build one, I think. I've said, and and everybody who knows me knows I love Las Vegas. Uh, there's there's definitely one going in there. You know, you could either go up to Lee Canyon, have a good you know day up in the high elevations, or you could go and have go to a place that has slot machines in the lobby, dude. Like that would be the coolest thing. Ever, I think, but I think it is going to help bring eyes. Yeah, I, love, I think it's I
1: great. We canyons like mm. such a sick ski area. I've been there before. I wrote a, I, I wrote a feature for Bomb Snow. I brought nice. my best my best friend. I was the official of his wedding, so therefore I was like kind of. Nice. They didn't have a best man or of honor, but uh, I planned his best party and got Sweet. Las Vegas ski skiing, snowboard, which is what it was called at the time. Yep, yep, yep. To, uh, pay for us to all fly out, stay in hotels in old Vegas and, and take a bus what? daily to the ski hill. That and is so,
0: sick.
1: It was, it was a, that's was wicked a, sick. It was a like dystopian, crazy bachelor party that, <laughs> uh, it, it was meant for a young, but it was a good time back then for sure.
0: That's great. That is fantastic. I tell people who don't, I, I didn't get to ski Lee Canyon. I didn't get to do any skiing when I lived in Las Vegas. I was there for a year and a half. And I, and I really kick myself in the ass all the time for not getting myself to do it. But those places are so high anyway. <laughs> Lee Canyon's base is at 8,400. It's like, oh my God, it's very high. If you get altitude sickness, be mindful. I get it. So I'm mindful. Um. But it's a small place. It's a cool place. I have driven up there. I didn't get to ski it, but I did drive up there. You know, I was just exploring Mount Charleston, the backside of Lee Canyon, all that other stuff. It's very cool. And I tell people, Las Vegas could be a ski destination because um, it has a main airport and great places within three to four hours. If you go anywhere else, you're driving three to four hours anyway. You might as well... Taking a Cirque du Soleil show or something at the same time. Um, it's a great place. And I've told people from Las Vegas, my friends there, I was like, if you want to learn how to do this, dude, you got, you don't have to go all the way out to Brian head. You don't have to go all the way up to salt Lake city. You don't have to do any of that. And 45 minutes up the road, man, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so I think it's great that you went there and did the whole Vegas experience and got the skis in. That's great. That's fantastic. It proves my point. Damn it. <laughs> well, here I that's what I'm here for Tim. <laughs> I love you man. I love you. That was awesome dude. You have so many stories dude. I think if I I could probably keep you on for days because you have great stories and you obviously been around. You obviously know it. You're definitely a journalist. Something I aspired to be when I was younger. Um And I've only recently tried my hand at, you know, even though I had taken classes, I had written before I had teachers saying, Oh, you write so well, all this other stuff. Not that I'm trying to blow up my own spot. What do I know? But you know, I think it's great. I thank you for coming on, dude. You have a ton of stories, any last minute plugs, anything else you want to get into before we go? Any, anything other people won't talk about? I'm not afraid.
1: Uh, (laughs) well, no, I mean, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Like I, (laughs) I love this pod. I think it's awesome if you listen to it. So, Really? Um, yeah. I, I appreciate it. And I think that, Thank you. you know, um, independent ski media is super important. I'm like sure. a child of independent ski media, you know, whether it was newschoolers.com, which was created by three ski moms in a closet in Montreal. Um, yeah, man. You know, or Ski the East started a dorm in UVM. Mm-hmm. You know, Powder started started on the fourth or fifth chair on the Warm Springs lift in Sun Valley by two brothers, you know, like, I mean, yeah.
0: start
1: starting media because you love something is, is a really cool way to, to do that. And, you know, hell, even, even when I was at Vice for a little bit, like they, oh, okay, you know, they loved what they loved, you know, yeah. um, I think, I think that's the, uh I think that's the future. And I mean, man, I'm, I'm so pumped that you had me on and if people want, they can subscribe to Mountain Gazette. It's mountaingazette.com slash subscribe. Um, yeah. Our, if you subscribe now, our next issue comes out in October. So Sweet. you'll get the next issue. Um, Sweet. chalked full of skiing and snowboarding. We're, we're going mm-hmm. back to my roots of just, like, promoting skiing in this one. It's going to be really good. Um, And we're working on it right now. So, yeah. That's awesome. It's happening. Thanks for having That's me on, Tim. Sick. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. This is this was fun. And I, I enjoyed you. Like I said, dude, I could sit like all day just listening to stories, dude. All day. I love a good story. I love a bad story. I, I won't even lie. But thank you for that, sir. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself and your family out there out west. I hope winter comes and the snow falls and puts all that shit out out there um and you have a good winter man you're definitely getting out you're going to be anywhere in particular you want people to know about they can say hi on the slope or from the lift yell down at you or something
1: yeah i hope i'll be skiing at alpine meadows and if you can find me there um i'll definitely say hello to you um (laughs) i'm not i'm i'm six one i'm not too hard to find
0: so totally yeah. there you go and i'm the same way if you see me say hi I'm, I'm i'm easy to find i'm always in bright colors orange is my favorite color i'm that guy thank you again mike i really do appreciate it and we'll check in with you later in the season probably what do you say sounds good sounds good Excellent. You, man. i'll come back anytime thanks Tim. thanks Thanks, bud and there you have it everybody thank you again to mike uh rogie for doing this that was really awesome as you can see i was digging it if you were watching the uh, uh video version you saw when he said he's listened to episodes of my podcast, I was like, dude, I was like floored. That's so awesome. Um, so thank you again to Mike for um. Go ahead for going ahead and being on the show and talking industry stuff. And we'll probably check on him, uh, check in with him again later. And also a shout out to he and his family. They're out there. Like we said, during the episode running from wildfires. Um, so be safe, Mike, thank you for coming on. Uh, once again, check him out. You can find him um, on social media, type in Mike Rogie You'll find him immediately because I think his Twitter and his Instagram are two different things. I can't remember what they are offhand. I should have wrote it down, but you know, me, um, Absent minded as ever, um, but um, links to everything he is will be in the description, both audio and video versions. Check that out again if you're in the audio version, you're listening to the car. Don't check out the description for the links while you're driving, wait till you stop. Um, so, you, you can find that and follow Mike on um, social media as well as Mountain Gazette, which you see right now if you're watching the video version, scrolling across the bottom, mountaingazette.com. Check that out. An audio version, audio version people. Also, mountaingazette.com. You heard it from me. You could see it in the description. Links to everything will be there, including ski rex media stuff, merch, Patreon, social medias, blog posts, everything. And we get back into writing here soon. As I said at the intro, check all that out uh, as well. I appreciate it. I thank you. Thank you again for joining me next week on the uh, podcast. It should be another episode. Uh, well, you know what? It may or may not be because I might have to slip an extra one in, into do a double for two weeks. I may have messed up on scheduling. So the Dan Egan episode either is either going to be next week. We talk to the uh, professional and pioneer of the extreme skiing world, um, Dan Egan, about his book, 30 Years in a White Haze, either next week on the program or it has already gone by. In that case, I hope you enjoy it. But um, I'll do better with scheduling as we go throughout the season i'll do better with having notes for the uh, episodes as we go throughout the season and i'm going to hope that we all have a great season um enjoy your day week month and the ski season i'll see you out there um have a good one good morning good afternoon or good night depending on when you're listening to this i'll check you later i'll see you out there bye